Swish. All righty. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Time Out with Doc and Caveman. You are here with Dr. Fantasy and, as always, my co-host, the Fantasy Caveman. Before we start, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be posting all of these profiles and future content on both of those platforms. So if you want a notification anytime we release any NBA content, make sure you subscribe. Today, we're continuing on with our player profiles, our prospect profiles, that is. And today, the best player we've done to date, Moses Moody, a 6'6", 205 freshman from Arkansas, had a seven-foot wingspan, which is the biggest differential, I believe, that we've seen thus far. Mm-hmm. Last year, as a freshman, he averaged 16.8 points, nearly six rebounds, was 42.7% from the field, 35.8% from three, and then a very nice 81% from the free throw line. So, Caveman, what kind of fun fact do you have on Moses Moody? All right. So, I think as we uh, as we know, I don't think Arkansas has really ever been known as a strong basketball. Bobby uh, Portis. You stole it, okay? I was about to say he was the highest-rated recruit in Arkansas since 2013, and that it was Bobby Porter. So you just ruined my whole day. (laughs) Bobby Porter. Do you you know who the best player to ever come out of Arkansas is? Moses Moody. No, Joe Johnson went to Arkansas. I didn't know that until this episode. Oh, really? I didn't realize he went to Arkansas, yep. All right, so kind of mentioned it with his uh point uh with his with his averages, very good shooter. Uh, and we just got done talking about uh another great shooter in Josh Giddy. I think his Josh Giddy, Corey Kispert, Mark. No, the other not Giddy. The, we just did one on him, so I'm I'm kind of confused. Uh, Corey Kispert, that's who I'm. Yeah, him. Not, not, not I was like, Josh, giddy, good shooter. Holy cow. Okay, anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think I might like Moody's form a little bit more than uh, Kispers. I just, it's just silky smooth. And uh, I think his, I think his, uh, his three point percentage is going to improve with better, uh, decision making on when to take his threes but uh aside from his good shooting form uh i think the surprising thing no is he i mean partly due to his wingspan but he averaged about he averaged two offensive rebounds a game which for, for his position is uh is pretty good i would say and i think a lot of that is attributed to his seven foot wingspan when he's six six. So that's going to be big for him at the next level. If he's able to grab some offensive rebounds at the next level, I think that is going to be huge for him. And the final thing I wanted to say is with this free throw percentage, it's at 81%. That is good, especially considering the fact that he does a pretty good job at getting to the line and uh, selling fouls. 
Uh, and we know, love it or hate it, a lot of your success in this league is going to be partly determined by how well you were able to sell fouls and get to the free throw line. Uh, do you see guys like you see guys like James Harden or James Harden being the primary guy at being able to sell fouls? And if he and if he's able to translate his ability to sell fouls at the next level, I think he's going to be able to uh, really thrive there. Yeah, and I really like Moses Moody. He does a lot really well, really, mm-hmm. really well. And you mentioned the form is really nice. Him and Kispert, they both, I mean, they're probably the two best shooters in this class. A lot of people say it is Moses Moody, even though his percentage was much lower. Um and like you said, a lot of that has to do to his uh, shot selection. But yeah, I mean, he definitely has the ability to be an elite three-point shooter. I mean, he could be the best and most versatile. We've mentioned some guys who are versatile defenders, but he could be this class's best defender. He has that kind of upside. He was very good defensively at Arkansas, and Arkansas as a team last year were very good defensively, and he was a big reason for that. So I love his defensive potential. Um, you see, he's another guy, similar to when we talked about Kispert, too, which is apparently we're talking about Corey Kispert a lot in this episode. But he is uh, he moves really well without the ball, which when you have a player like this, because I don't think that Moses Moody is going to be a primary ball handler for anybody, you need to have that ability to move off of the ball. And he has a very high offensive and defensive IQ. So I uh, I really like what I see from him. And I think he does, once again, he does, not only does he do a lot of the little things well, he does them really well to where I think that his floor is a high, high level three and D kind of player. And we'll talk about that with some of the comparisons. But um, he also, I, the other thing I don't think either one of us mentioned, he does have good vision too, even though he's not a primarily primary ball handler. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes with the ball in his hands, and he does set up his teammates fairly well. So I think that is a strength for his length. Even though he's not a primary ball handler, I don't think that's what he's going to be asked to do at the next level. Um, now the let's go to his weaknesses. Then I think offensively, I'll uh, the biggest thing that stuck out to me is he and you mentioned it with a shot selection. I think he settled for jumpers sometimes. It's almost like he's too confident in his jumper to where he doesn't try to create open shots in the lane because he has the athleticism to get around people and get to the basket but he chooses not to so I think that's something if he can get a little more creative and it's once you mentioned this before with another prospect but he's just not he doesn't play with explosiveness and he's a guy I think he can play with explosiveness I just think he's got to be more aggressive and I think that's going to be the determining factor whether he's a high level three and d player or if he's a guy that makes a few all-star teams uh, but I, I think it really comes down to that. Don't settle for contested three-point shots or a contested jumpers. Get to the rim. You're a long guy. Use that length to be creative in the paint. 
and create some more open opportunities that way. And I think that's really the biggest weakness that stands out to me because I think he's going to be a very excellent defender. He'll be a great three-point shooter. Uh, it's just a matter of can he make his offensive game more well-rounded. Yeah, and you mentioned that, and that's the biggest thing that stands out to me. I think the biggest thing with him piggybacking off of that with his finishing ability is he only shot 53% around the basket. Uh, so that might be uh, part of the reason why he decided to uh, take and force a, some more jumpers that you'd like is because he wasn't confident in finishing inside. I think if he, if he can get better at finishing inside, that might get him to, you know, take the open lane and kind of drive more inside, which is only going to up his field goal percentage. And if he's taking smarter threes, it's going to up his uh, three-point percentage. I really think he has the ability to be one of the best uh, three-point shooters, not only in this draft class, but, you know, we're talking, like, we're talking one of the best three-point shooters in, like, the league potential and, like, future future three-point uh, contest champion, possibly. <laughs> yeah, so. no, he's a guy. I think him and Kisper, I could see both of them showing up in a few three-point contests. I, I think they both have that kind of ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's go to ideal fits and NBA comparisons. I have three fits here. I said the Sacramento Kings, who we've mentioned a few times, looking for, um, I mean, shooters, too, along De'Aaron Fox. They could use, and Halliburton, for that matter. Uh, So I think that he would be a nice fit, along with his defensive ability, which they could use an improvement on that side of the ball as well. So when you couple his shooting ability with what they currently have and their need for that guy that can step in and play the three for him. I think he'd be a nice fit with the Kings. I also said the Pacers. The Pacers have a nice, well-rounded lineup, but they could still use another strong wing 3 and D kind of player to start and come off the bench for him. I think right now uh, Justin Holiday is starting for him. So, you know, I think Holiday is a good rotational piece, but not a guy you necessarily want in your lineup every single night. And, yeah, to whenever... TJ Warren decides to come back (laughs) if that's ever no he'll come back but uh, and then I also had the Orlando Magic once again the Magic need everything so I'm not going to harp on that point but uh, I just can where they pick at number eight I think it's a realistic landing spot because I do think that Moody has one of the compared to the players we've talked about he definitely has a rare combination of I think a really high floor and he also does have a nice ceiling. I don't think that it's necessarily a superstar ceiling, but I think that he has an all-star ceiling. Yeah, so when you couple that with yeah, high all-star games, yeah, not that he's going to be a consistent all-star, but if at the end of his career he had two or three, would I be surprised? I definitely wouldn't be. So, um, yeah, that's why I think that you'll see him go in the top ten. Yeah, uh, I would say the magic. Pretty much anybody that can has talent. Anybody that can <laughs> the play for the Magic at this point. Uh, I I mean I also had I I mean and I kind of throw this team around with 
every shooter too, but I had Golden State down. I mean, can you, Im- can you imagine him as another shooting threat on Golden State with the ability to play good team defense for him too? I mean, him, him, and him, and him and Steph in that in that backcourt. You know, so I mean, he'd be probably more of like a a sixth man. You, uh, uh, you imagine Moses Moody as a sixth man for the Warriors to give him th- that much shooting ability off the bench. That would just that would just be insane. That would make my mind explode. <laughs> I mean, but it's not not a bad, and I feel like. I don't know why I'm saying more shooters should go to Golden State, but <laughs> just just beat them with shooting. Like, just keep, oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think with the Warriors. And when you look at the top 16 picks in general, it's interesting because you have Oklahoma City with two picks in the top 16. You have the Magic with picks five and eight which they definitely need because they're rebuilding. And then you have Golden State, who has the 7th and 14th picks this year. I mean, that's scary when you consider Clay coming back, and they have two top 15 picks. They could... I think Golden State is in a position where they could package one of those picks with an asset or two that they have. And you could look at Golden State getting... A, a top three pick, possibly, with Clay coming back, with Steph and Draymond, and then that's Golden State's in a great position. That I mean, they they they've been not good for like the past two seasons, but not saying their dynasty is gonna be coming back. But I think you're gonna see Golden State have a real chance at be title contenders again, especially if they get this guy. I mean, I would love if they if they were able to get uh, Moses Moody, which is very in the cards for him with where they pick, so it's very possible. Yeah, I mean, the one mock that I'm looking at right now has them taking Moody at number seven and then getting Zaire Williams at 14. So, I mean, when you add those two, you know, and I'm not high on Zaire Williams, but to be put in a situation like that, I think would be really ideal for him so um yeah i think that that would be interesting i think it's just gonna be interesting to see what they do in general because you know they could package up wiggins and both of those picks and you know do a lot of damage and just continue to set themselves up for the future so yeah yeah all right let's talk about some nba comparisons wrap it up here for moses moody uh the few that i had were I saw this one a few times, but Robert Covington, I think that's a pretty, you know, and you hear Covington and I think Tobias Harris a lot of times put in that same category, just elite level three and D players. And that's what I think Moody has that kind of upside. When you, when I think about Tobias Harris, do I want Tobias Harris as one of the two best players on my team to win a championship? No, but if he's the third or fourth best player on your team, I think that that can still be a winning formula. And I think that's a kind of, being the second best player? Uh, I mean, offensively, not as a whole, but I guess that's a different conversation. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, Tobias Harris was their second best player. Yeah, I guess so. But um, yeah, so I think that he has that kind of up 
upside. And Tobias Harris, once again, I don't believe he's made an all-star team up to this point. You could double-check that, but I, or I could double-check it. But he's a guy that if Tobias Harris made the all-star team, would it shock me? No, it wouldn't because he's a really high-level player. Another one that I said more on the offensive side of the ball, I don't think that this player plays defensively like Moody does, but I said Buddy Heald as well. Just in terms of a guy that shoots a lot of threes, doesn't really drive to the basket. That's the offensive player that Moses Moody is right now. Now, once again, he has more defensive ability, but I think offensively they line up. And then on the lower end, the two guys I had, Danny Green was one. Uh, Danny Green's made a couple all defensive teams. Has been a really high level three and D player, but you know, on championship team. So I think that it could be a realistic career for Moses Moody as well. Just being a guy that is a high level three and D rotational piece for somebody. And then the other guy I said before I had a Marquette guy, but that's Wes Matthews, another strong three and D guy that's been on a few championship level teams. And uh, I think that's kind of his, I think Danny green could be his lower end comparison. And when you talk, and that's why I think that he's such an intriguing prospect, is you could get a borderline all-star player or an all-star player, or you get a guy like Danny Green. And I think either way, you kind of win because you know you're getting quality. Oh, yeah. I could see that Danny Green. I think that's, I think that would be kind of the lowest he can he can be. And if he's that, then even that is, uh, you'll take that. So, uh the name that I saw being him being compared to and upset that they did it and not me, uh, that's Chris Middleton. I think mm. I think he I think he's almost a a uh, a carbon copy of Chris Middleton. If we're being in terms of just the way his the way his shooting ability, Middleton has a very smooth stroke uh some of his his weaknesses too are very similar uh chris chris milton doesn't make the best decisions when he's driving to the basket as that we see in these finals but that's another that's another that's another discussion but uh i see a lot of chris milton in him uh paul george as well i see a lot of uh Paul George and Paul George is definitely one of the premier three and D. Paul George might be a little bit more than a three and D guard, but at even on the low end for Paul George, he's a premier three and D guard. Uh, very similar to what I think Moody become. Now I think Moody's a couple inches shorter than Paul George, but I believe Paul George is like six eight, six nine. Mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, and then I see a little bit, and if we're talking about another lower end comparison, I see uh, some shades of KCP in them as well. Uh, some Caldwell Pope, I think, uh, just the way, you know, Caldwell Pope's been a great, uh, solid defender, can shoot three balls. So he's kind of like a lower end three and D guy that I think it would be a, would be another name that I, that I see. Yeah, I think that's a good one as well. So I think that's it for Moses Moody then. We're going to continue next with the top 10 prospects in the draft, which you could argue Moses Moody is. So we're already at the cusp there, but we'll be diving into those 
in the next week or so here. So we appreciate you guys watching. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and wherever you're listening to podcasts. And we'll see you guys then. Yep.